Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. This is episode number 245 with Calvin Johansson. Uh, Calvin was the very second guest on this show. Um, I love this guy. I hope you've listened to all of his other episodes. This is the his fifth like individual episode. He's been on a couple other ones as well. But uh, but yeah, I'm so excited to share this with you guys because I think it's about a really, really important topic. Um, it's about the idea of just having a beginner's mindset and being okay with that. Um, as we get older and as we become adults and stuff, I just feel like we lose that bravery that it takes to really just dive into something new. Um, we kind of get into our comfort zones uh, and we just keep doing the same things. And we don't, ha- it's hard to have a new experience because it's uncomfortable. Like you get outside that comfort zone, you're like, man, I feel silly doing this. Like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and that's where the beginner's mindset swoops in. Uh, and so it's something I think Calvin has truly embraced many times. Um, when he first came on the show, we talked about his uh, 14ers project. He climbed 100 mountains, 100 tallest mountains in the continental U.S. in 100 days. Uh, still some of my absolute favorite episodes, by the way. Um, the first couple we did with him about that. Uh, and he kind of just threw himself into it. Um, definitely learned a lot along the way and kind of approached it like, Hey man, I'm going to learn how to do this as I go. I'm going to build the ship as I'm sailing it (laughs) kind of, um, and he's taken that approach to other areas of his life. And I think I I've always looked up to him for that. And for that reason, uh, recently, and we'll get into it with the beginner's mindset, but recently he's jumped into, I don't even know the word for it. I think it's like contracting houses maybe. Um, But he kind of like remodels them, stuff like that uh, after he buys them. And I don't know. You you need to listen to it though because there's so many lessons that he draws from just that experience and just being okay with being a learner, being a lifelong learner, which is something that we all say we shoot for. Um, But he's kind of really just completely embraced uh, this mindset. Um, And as always with Calvin, we talk about some adventures. We talk about uh, Lone Eagle Peak, which I almost got to. I almost was able to mark it off my bucket list, but we got just in so much snow. Uh, We'll talk about it on this, but me and my friend Scott Stark from a few episodes, we were just, just in so much deep snow and we couldn't, go the extra mile. Uh, we could have probably, but we decided not to. Um, so Calvin will tell us about Lone Eagle Peak. We had to hear about adventure. And then kind of the last big topic here, we talk about uh, the Iron Cowboy, James Lawrence. We're both very inspired by uh, this guy, this athlete. Um, we uh, Five years ago, we were able to run a marathon with him when he did 50 Ironmans in 50 states in 50 straight days. Uh, now he is in the middle. Today's actually <clears throat> number 25. He's a quarter of the way through uh, as I record this. And he's in the middle of 100 Ironman triathlons in 100 days. And if you're not, I've been following his story on Instagram. <clears throat> and it's like a roller coaster of emotions just through the day. Um, but man, mentally tough, like 
if you look up mentally tough in the dictionary, James Lawrence should have his picture in there. But anyways, uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Um, this is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 245 with Calvin Johansson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we are bringing back one of my best friends in the whole wide world, uh, Calvin Johansson. He's got his podcast pants on. He just set his feeder up the wall, which I, let's just ask that. What's what's that like? What are you doing? <laughs> Legs are up the wall. One of the most therapeutic things is coming from the yoga world, kind of a yin thing. Just lay on your back, put your butt up against the wall, and send your legs straight up the wall. Wow, man. uh, Quite restorative. I'm going to put you, like, every once in a while on the show, like, because, you know, if I do Zoom or something, I'll see somebody laying down while I'm interviewing them. But I'm going to put you in the, like, most relaxed podcast guest hall of fame right now. (laughs) Perfect. I'll take it. Um, we were That's just, how we should do all of life. <laughs> just legs up the wall. More like just relaxed, right? The sense of just being relaxed and going through life. I love it, man. Do you feel like if you're just more relaxed, things just like, I always joke that my life saying is life will find a way from Jurassic park. But yeah. do you feel like that's kind of how it is? If you're just putting off the energy of like, you're relaxed. Yeah. Um, kind of comes from like a Taoism trying not to force nation or uh, nature but just to allow don't force it just allow if I think of usually if I'm forcing something it brings up like anger it's like power versus force a concept but uh, my analogy I can definitely relate to is being a musician and the moment your body starts to tense up the harder it is to play your instrument with ease and fluidity so if like your guitar player really your best playing or performance will come from being totally relaxed because everything just flows it's much faster and easier because you're not fighting tension at all so yeah yeah the more i can be in regular life like relaxed it's just uh yeah it's definitely a better place for me to operate from versus like be all uptight angry stressed tired or whatever. yeah yeah well and, and it was funny we were just talking about like you right now you we we interrupted a bachelor party for this also a first for the podcast <laughs> Nice. And, you know, we're actually technically, I guess, we call it a bachelor party, but he did already get married. So it's more of like just a now it's a mancation kind of thing. But, you know, ultimately we're celebrating him. That's cool. That, that's cool. But um, so I appreciate your time. One, like, I mean, yeah. But you drove all the way out here to Netherland, Colorado, which is this cool little mountain town, you know, probably like 40 minutes from Boulder. Um, and you were laughing because it was the only way you could, you know, escape all the busyness of your life right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my friend and I in the car were joking. We drive like 11 hours from Iowa, probably 10 and a half, 11, whatever it is. It's like we did that just so we could rest for two days and go back home and go back to work because, uh, I don't know, it's amazing. It's always happens to me when I get on the road or I take a trip away from my normal life and allows me to like get that 10,000 foot view and it forces you to just kind of think about things differently or kind of see them as a whole, like as they are versus yeah. when you're in it, in the nitty gritty, probably much like playing football. If you're down on the field in a position versus like up in the stands, being able to see the whole thing, that bird's eye view. Yeah. You know, it's different perspectives. That is true, man. And you just need those changes in life every once in a while to give yourself a different perspective. Yeah. For me, it's always like, oh, I need to, what decisions do I need to make to change how I'm operating or however I'm doing my business or whatever? 
um, just gives you a different perspective. Or the things that are important, again, like always taking, you know, a little bit of travel times and breaks allows you to relax and then kind of allows you to uh, relook at things in your life and to make sure for, if for me, like I'm on course or if I'm straying off course or what it is that I'm seeking kind of thing. Yeah, like taking those like reflective moments. Yeah. Dude. That's... Not on purpose, they just kind of like, they seem to come that way. Yeah. Naturally. <laughs> Because my brain's not focused like on the task at hand, like swinging a hammer or making some type of decision, right, related to work at the moment. Yeah, which I want to get into for sure. I want to get into the the craziness of what you've been doing lately. Because like, if people listen to you on the podcast before, they're like, Calvin, mountain climber, Calvin, yoga instructor, and now <laughs> Calvin, subpar contractor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but dude, let's start. Can we start with? Uh, I want to hear about the last time you were out here, which I believe was in the fall. Cause me and you went up and hiked James peak. And then the next day you yeah. did the much, much longer hike of lone Eagle peak. And then you guys tried to climb it. Can I hear about that? Cause Scott and I tried it on my birthday and we got within like a mile of seeing it and the okay. snow was so deep. Like we were, we were sinking up to our hips um, down like this really kind of dangerous part over a river or over a creek and we we couldn't see the creek and we're like oh my god we're gonna like fall in if we try like we lost the trail mm-hmm. it was pure madness yeah. you're like eight miles back there or something ridiculous and, <laughs> and anyway so I wanted to hear from someone who was successful because that place is on my bucket list <laughs> for sure man it's one of those few places that you know I'd seen some photos it's like oh it's an it's objective so it's a place for me to go to something I wanted to see in person and absolutely one of those places that I got to I was like this is absolutely worth coming back there's not a lot of destinations like I'll do them and they're amazing but I'm never always like because there's so many more like trails or hikes or climbs to try to do in our lifetime yeah but that is one I would absolutely go back for really um that's what maybe even, that's maybe what even backpack in there yeah that's what yeah. Scott said too because he had already been there so I didn't feel bad when we ultimately made the decision to turn around uh, cause he had been there before, but he said the same thing. He's like, cause I was like, Oh dude, I didn't know you did this before. Like I would have picked something different. And he's like, no man, I will definitely would love to go back there. So like, what is it that makes that area stand out? Um, I don't know. It might, I mean, the whole hikes, you know, it's great. Um, but then when you just probably get up to like the famous view of like the lake with Lone Eagle peak, it's just, I mean, it's an iconic photo and something about when you get in there and then, it's like you're inside a bowl from the whole range that's around you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So view wise, it's just magnificent because you still have this like summit peak thing mountain right in front of you. Um, I don't know. So about the ambiance and energy. And it's just, uh, it feels like it's almost like you're down inside a little volcano. I've never been inside a volcano. But I imagine again, <laughs> referring back to you, like you look up and you have this like ridge line that almost like circles you almost like a horseshoe actually. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a really, neat amazing place yeah man. um really really beautiful so it's just something about um and especially a place like oh, i've always been a person who likes to go on or my past like climb summits to get to the top of things where this one was more so about like not getting to the top you're still just kind of like more near the bottom of the base and like that's what it's worth like seeing it from that perspective dude it i i mean this might be like way overly dramatic because i've never been to yosemite but when we were hiking back there, I was like, oh, this kind of like looks like the pictures I've seen of Yosemite. 
like these big just like granite faces these like really spiky looking mountains and everything and yep. we didn't even tur- like we were right where you turn the corner to start heading up the valley towards lone eagle like we we didn't even get to see that portion of it gotcha but but dude that's crazy man well so what was it like to try to climb it because i've talked to a handful of people who've been to the lake but you guys were like we'll try to climb it let's see how it goes yeah we um there's not a lot of information out there like read on it um considered like a class four and there's just you know it's not a really popular summit destination that one's more about getting to the base of it um and I, I was like super tired and I was content and I was like, you know what? Like this is what I came for. And my buddy's like, dude, we got to try to go to the top of it. And I'm like, uh, okay. You know, so like we do it. And again, I always get amazed. Um, you know, we definitely weren't like super speedsters by any means. Cause it's not like we were both conditioned for hiking or whatever, but it was amazing. We, you know, you actually go and you climb up a lot of like rock scrambling, but there's a pretty long trail that goes up if you're looking at the lone eagle peak or see the photo it goes to the left of it it wraps around in like a valley and you climb up then you almost come up from the backside. and then technically the actual summit point is not what you see from the lake like the really pointy thing like lone eagle peak you think that's the summit and yeah. it's actually not it's behind there it's like an optical illusion or something um but we when we were climbing that day oh man it was like really windy and i was tired and um, it's definitely super sketchy terrain. And I remember like getting to the top, uh, we got as far as we could go. We didn't officially get on the summit. It was super windy, like blowing you over. And then it was like extreme exposure, like scramble between your uh, crotch to like try to get to like a summit point that we could, we could see the next part of what you could go to the highest point that we knew of, but it still was, I don't think to like the summit. And then it was like, uh, I'm pretty content right here. Not trying to kill myself. I was, <laughs> you know, and maybe it's because my heart was already set on like not summoning the mountain of just getting to the lake. And so I wasn't in it. And that one I played a little bit smarter, but, yeah, uh, yeah. it was, it was neat. And I would say, um, when we got up there, cause you look at me like, Oh my God, that's like hours away, like six more hours. I'm already exhausted from getting here, but it was only like, maybe two more hours maybe put in two and a half hours to like almost get up to the summit you know because once you start scrambling on the side of the mountain like you start to gain elevation much quicker yeah yeah dude and those things always amaze me like we get up there and then we come back down and like we're at the lake and you turn around and you look up and you're like how was i just almost at the top of that like two hours ago it's just (laughs) insane to think about yeah man perspective wise and everything well and that's what you know i've always told you like when i hiked with you uh, on maroon bells and or south maroon and that was my biggest takeaway was like oh yeah literally if you just take it one step at a time and you like look down at like where you have to step the path is so yeah. obvious but if you like look you know from you know half a mile away or even on maroon bells i remember yeah. it was like 20 feet in front of you you'd be like how am i supposed to get there this makes no sense but if you're like look right down at your feet you're like oh the steps are really obvious you know Mm. which i i I don't know i just think that's a beautiful like analogy for accomplishing anything it really is and probably something we'll get into is what i'm experiencing now the career (laughs) that i'm in i'm just like oh it's exhausting it's if i was looking at the, the parking lot to the mountaintop i'd be like how do you do this there's no way but again, if I just show up every day and just focus on like just the footstep before you know it, like you reach the top of it, which is, is, is a great analogy or metaphor, whichever one it is, um, which you hear about these things often, but it really, 
truly have to experience to understand it in a sense. Yeah. And I guess to like link this or whatever, to transition into that topic, um, what did like, do you feel like your experience climbing mountains or, you know, doing athletic events has kind of taught you that lesson so you can bring it into, you know, your new career as uh, like contractor guy who does stuff <laughs> yeah. to houses that Chris can't do because he's not manly enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely think, um, I think forever when I climbed a bunch of mountains, it always like be a key to who I am and unlock something in a way, but definitely being like doing, being somewhat athletic, like just doing yoga and also music and practice and performance, like all those same, the same lesson applies. Like when you try to look at it as a whole of something you're trying to accomplish, um, it becomes very overwhelming. Like you never played an in instrument and you see like someone who's really good, a virtuoso. And you're like, first time you try to play guitar and you see someone who can play guitar really well and you try to play it and you're like, how is this possible? And you first start playing, it's like impossible, you know? Um, but really through all of those things, the same thing happens. It's like just forgetting about, I don't want to say necessarily forget about the big picture, but if you just focus on the repeating the actions, literally the day-by-day -day steps and just like showing up and putting in a little bit of work, a little bit of repetition before you know it, time passes, whatever it is, whether it's like a month, six months or a year, and you're in a completely different space with um, whether it's climbed to a higher elevation or acquired a skill set. Um, but just needing to focus on really the day-to-day, -day, not thinking about like the year-long span. Yeah. I think that because I know that helps it's the, it's the compound effect for I guess the easiest way to say it of especially health people want to get healthy you want to lose weight and you see all this bullshit where it's like hey how to lose 14 pounds in one day and people are like I want the quick fix right they don't want to commit to the true lifestyle change which is sustainable and realizing the position that maybe they're in didn't happen overnight it happened over many days months or years and so understanding that and committing to the journey more so than the outcome is what's really powerful. Yeah. And you got to like love that journey too. You got to, you have to, you or at have least to enjoy it. Yeah. But, <laughs> Maybe but not through always kind it. of the trials and tribulations, some of the stress, like that's where we find meaning. Like there's been test studies done of saving famous alpinists. It's not so much about the summit view, like someone who climbs Everest for three to six months or something for five minutes on top of the world's tallest mountain. It's more about the journey to get to the top. Like that's the most meaningful actual part. And through that usually comes some stress some suffering, you know? So, yeah. but it's that feedback loop. And then by doing that, we go through some stress. It's almost like lifting weights, breaking down tissue, our body hurts, but then you let it rest for a day and all of a sudden it comes back stronger so that the stress and the pain becomes meaningful a little bit. It can't be completely enjoyable the entire time. But you do have to enjoy overall, I'd say, like, you know, that 80-20 rule of maybe enjoy 70-80% of that, the journey and the process, you know. If uh, if you hate it the entire time, it's probably not going to be meaningful, meaningful for you in any way. Yeah. Well, and you're so right, man. Like, I, <clears throat> I just think, like, that journey, well, you know, you get to the finish line or the top of a summit, you know, or for you right now, like, you complete a house. And that's great for like 30 minutes, you know, max maybe mm -hmm. <laughs> at times. Like yeah. I've been at finish lines where it's like you feel really good. 
you're eating that pizza, you're drinking the finish line beer, you're feeling pretty good. And then you go home and you're like, well, the finish line wasn't the part that I actually remember the most. I remember the part where like I was mountain biking down a hill and just biffed it and like my leg was all cut up and bloody and then I had to get back up. And like, that's the part that really like those trials and tribulations, like what you take away the most like meaning from. Yep. And for you, so (laughs) I want to hear about subpar contractor. Um, I just know I showed this to all my coworkers, man, the, you, you (laughs) had, you built, you accidentally built a pool in one of your basements yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> um, so that was definitely trials and tribulations. But like, I just want to hear about it in general. Like, what what are you finding passion for? Like, this is definitely like a new thing over the last couple of years for you. Yeah, I mean, my past career was a guy who, um, for over a decade, I was mostly at computer bound, um, made web videos for individuals. So I like use a video camera, produce videos out running around and editing. And then like three years, three and a half years ago, um, I started getting into real estate investing, which means uh, I just, I bought a little duplex. You know, I was a guy who like always rented a bedroom from somebody. So I wanted my life to be easy. So I can have as much freedoms as possible, as little responsibilities as possible. <laughs> um, and I decided though, you know, like investing, I knew the importance of investing in financial management. And so um, I decided to jump in. I was like, doing a lot of kind of reading research, crunching the numbers and a lot of fear around like real estate investing compared to like other methods. And I got an opportunity to buy uh, a little duplex, like one bed, one bath. So each unit's one bed, one bath. And I thought, you know, at the end of the day, I was dragging my feet forever. And I was like, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I always can put a sign in the yard and sell this thing and break even, or maybe if I lose a little money, at least I'll know kind of thing. But so I decided to embark on home ownership and, <laughs> that started like the snowball for me. And then I got in there first, learned how to like, you know, going back to learning how to paint things like manual labor stuff I hadn't done in, you know, easily over a decade myself, like back to probably my teenage years when I was working at home or something. Um, And then, so I picked up my own little place, like very minor cosmetic stuff, having no idea what I'm doing. I remember like my parents coming to town to help me out and things. And then like six months later, I got another property. Cause I was like, wait a minute, if I could like leave the space I'm in and also rent that one, that makes financial sense. I'll like buy another duplex. Like, why wouldn't I do that? So I did that. And like every house for a couple of years, like every property I would buy, mostly little small cosmetic things I would have to do or it forced me to learn. It's almost like every buying every next house had like a next level <laughs> as yeah. far as like, little skill acquisitions and very manageable. Um, but then, uh, my goal was to buy like say 10 properties over the course of a decade, just like move one once a year for a decade for 10 years. So someday I'd wake up at age 40 and I'd have like 10 rental properties and I feel like I'd made it. That was my big goal. Yeah. Um, and then three years later I hit that goal and then some (laughs) just like (laughs) snowball big time. But, um, probably a big turning point for me was actually a year ago. So I got my a property that I don't know what number it was. It doesn't matter, but it was the first property that uh, I got it and I knew the potential. I was like, wait a minute, the, the neighborhood, this thing's got to be worth X like all day long. It's a no brainer. This thing just popped up. It's kind of like an estate sale. So I got it because I knew the potential of what this thing was worth because location and et cetera. 
And it was one that was going to require the true next level of like my first rehabbing of like having to redo half of a kitchen in a bathroom, redo like all the walls, plumbing and things. Definitely my most extensive project yet. Ripping a front porch out, all these things, redoing it all. Um, but it had to be done. And it was, it was probably one of the most empowering things I've done because I remember my friend and I, like we started ripping the cabinets off the wall. Cause they're like these old, gross, disgusting place. We like start tearing it off. All I know, I was like, those need to go. I just know that much. So like, <laughs> take it out. <laughs> yeah. And then we we're looking at it. I'm like, shit, what do we do now? Like had no idea. And I remember calling a friend, my buddy's like, Hey, we should call Ryan. Cause he like actually does rehabbing for a living. And I'm like, Hey man, uh, we've got this thing. Um, I, I know cabinets, I think are like expensive and they take forever to order. Is there like a way to get cabinets sooner, <laughs> you know, or something like, what do we do basically? <laughs> and he's like, you can just go to home Depot and get cheap ones off the wall and screw them. And they'll like, they'll work for rentals. And I was like, what you can do that. <laughs> it was like, go to home Depot, like then learning how to put like just cabinets on a wall and get a kitchen counter and a sink and just everything that came with it. I just had to figure it out. Essentially. Yeah. Um, and then that was really empowering. And then the next house is, you know, I went even bigger, way bigger next level, but rehabbing more of it. And now uh, I've got like four houses, like gutted down, stripped down. There's two, we took all the way down to the studs. And it was like every project I'd get it. Last summer I did a house and it was like three months of mayhem of me going the next level on a rehab. And it was funny. I was like, you know what? I bet the next house that I buy will require me to like, move walls or open up walls it'd be like the next level of construction something i've never done lo and behold the very next project i get in like october it was like yeah the way to do this is to open up this wall move this wall and it was just like okay now it's the next level and i'm just now learning by just more so having to learn and figure it out um to re completely restore and rehab houses at the moment it's that I know I'm going on a big long tangent. Dude, I love but, uh, it. <laughs> I went from a guy working at the computer to now who's like ripped houses down to the studs and um, just learning how to put it back together. And for me, it's it's empowering. It's definitely something kind of different. Something I feel very familiar and comfortable with, though. Um, kind of for probably the upbringing of like working on a farm and being around construction and things at times. Um, for me, it becomes at least very empowering for home environment and knowing that I want to be like a real estate investor now. Like I understand my product kind of inside and out and what goes into a house and what it's made up of. Um, it's less scary now for me to say buy a house or whatever, because I know we can probably fix whatever needs to be fixed kind of thing. Yeah. No, dude, that's wild, man. I want to hear about just kind of like a change in mindset a little bit, because you went from like be like you mentioned at the very beginning like you went from somebody who was renting all the time because you're like i just don't want to own anything like i don't want to have that yep. personal responsibility <laughs> and now you own yeah. so like an overwhelming amount <laughs> yeah like, i think we're at 17 is what will be that's so crazy book. man so like just like you know right now you're you're out here in colorado you're taking a break from it all like is it kind of stressful knowing that you know, you have all this stuff that you own or, I mean, I know ultimately you're, this is leading you towards your ultimate goal, which is that, which is in line with your, like, don't own anything, be able to kind of like be flexible and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's all connected one way, but, um, I'm sorry. What was your exact question kind of in there? Chris? Is basically it, like, like, 
you're you're shifting mindset from owning nothing to like owning mm. a bunch now yep yeah it kind of comes from uh i don't know if there's a way to paraphrase this but it's the um yeah the the shift has become for me anyways of some things that i want in in life and but again but finding meaning and passion and purpose when i say wasn't owning anything it's like i didn't have responsibilities or many responsibilities and so maybe there's less meaning because i was no longer like a caretaker of something or didn't do my role was in the world and now by taking on more responsibility it's forcing me to completely up level as a person and honestly i believe become a better person i'm i'm it's i'm having to acquire so many more skills from like people skills from hands-on construction skills to management skills. Um, so it's forcing me as an individual to really like up level. Um, and if I would not have chosen that route, not saying it's not possible, um, but I don't feel like I would have grown as much as I remained a person who's like, you know what? I don't want any responsibilities. Um, it almost makes me think of like in a management, probably in a company role. If you think of the tier and levels of people, not to like, say people are all different but there's definitely you get maybe more rewards or it takes a certain type of it takes one person to swing a hammer and then it takes a different type of person to how who knows how to manage or make sure everyone's swinging their hammers or why they're swinging the hammers yeah does that make sense yeah, yeah uh so my mind it's come with you know for me it, it, it just makes me feel like i've grown so much more and making me much more well-rounded by taking on more responsibility in my life which is something i didn't want is almost given me to be honest like more freedom and more feels like more empowerment in my life yeah that makes sense man did, dude did you ever read uh seth godin's book linchpin yes yeah, like, like my very first part of my career and i got a college I remember reading that um to be curious how I fit in that role now, but yeah, yep, like well, an irreplaceable individual. Yeah, and I just think it's interesting because that's obviously about like you become the linchpin in your company or your or your work and places like that. You've always kind of like worked for yourself, but I do feel like yeah. now gaining all these skills, you're like more of a linchpin for yourself, <laughs> which is weird. Mm. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but it's also even for me, it's like it's opened up more avenues and journeys in my life to just how i just how i see the world so yeah um you know in one sense it's gotten me to connect more people like you know i have tenants that i talk to say every now and then but maybe even people if i'm trying to wheel and deal or other contractors like you know i used to be like almost afraid to like pick up the phone and have to talk to people i mean i still go through that times where i don't talk to people but other times it's like cool i can now connect with more humans and souls on the planet you know so um yeah i think it's uh and maybe it's something about let's just go back to the analogy of right now my life's pretty chaotic and having to learn all these things, but I'm definitely going through the journey and the process to get to the top of the mountain summit. And I have to go through this to like eventually experience the peace and serene of like the view of being at the top. Yeah. Dude, my own personal life. Totally, man. Have you dealt with like the, I just really curious, man. Cause you know, like the project that I'm working on. So it's has nothing to do with being a contractor or stuff. Cause like I said, I, I, I can swing a hammer, but I always hit my thumb. Is that a good analogy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yep. but it's definitely something where I kind of feel like I'm, I'm such a newbie. I'm such a beginner. I, 
there are times where there's like the imposter syndrome setting in. It's like in every other day for me where like one day I'll feel yep. super confident. I'm like, I got this. No, I got it. It's like a yep. insurmountable yep. amount of tasks, but I can, I can do it. I can handle it. And then the next day where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why, why do I think I can do this? <laughs> you know, like, do you go through the impost? Like, have you battled the imposter syndrome through this kind of Oh my like god! Lens. All day long. I mean, every like one day. It's funny. It's, it's just the balance of the world. I like, call it the yin yang, and you'll have like one day you'll have the most amazing day. Everything just like works. Like yeah, you're, you're the project at hand. You're focused on. And it's just smooth and it's sailing. You're in the flow state, and then you're like, heck yeah, we got momentum, baby. Today was awesome. Tomorrow's gonna be the same thing, and then tomorrow's a shit show. And then you get to the end of the day, and you're like, fuck that day. I'm just <laughs> cashing it in and gonna restart fresh tomorrow. Um, yeah. But I absolutely go through it. Like, and one thing for me, at least, I and I don't know if this would help others, but it helps me. I, first and foremost, will acknowledge to people, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. And I will admit that, like, but I'm yeah. learning and I'm going to try, you know. Uh, and I will ask people who have experience or I will research from experience. And then I will do what experienced people say. And through the process of trying, I get experience. And then I kind of know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, um, it's, it's. For example. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I have a new hire, a guy that I put an ad out. Like me, I was like, I just need to hire like another set of hands like to help laying bricks every day because we just have a lot of bricks to lay. And if a brick's not being laid every day, we're never going to finish this. Um, so I got this like new hire. This guy came in, like interviewed. He'd been following my stuff online. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I did some carpentry stuff, yada, yada. And he's like, man, where did you, like, you learn all your skills and things? And how'd you get all this? And I said, I want to be clear right now what this role and position is. <laughs> I am not an expert. And I am... We're all, some of us have different experiences and we're good at some things, uh, like the other guy I work with. But I said, to be honest with you, I'm just figuring this out as I go. And there's a lot of like YouTubing and calling people. And if you think you're going to come work with me and think I have all the answers and I'm a master craftsman, you've got the wrong expectation right now. So I just want to be clear on that, <laughs> that we are just figuring this out together, but we can totally do it, you know? Uh, and that's been a lot of my approach uh, in life. I've come to find you'd mention, you know, maybe introduce like people have listened. I'm the mountain guy or the yoga guy, or now I'm doing this. And if people might look at me at times like the Renaissance man, like this guy's always doing something different all the time. Um, and I feel like because I do, I love to just try things and learn things. And I've got the attitude that, you know, as long as the information is out there, we can learn and do anything as long as you put in some effort and you're willing to try it. Like, don't be scared to try and set the ego aside and acknowledge that like I'm a beginner, but yeah. everyone starts as a beginner. Yeah, dude. I will, that's actually one of the main things I want to talk to you about. Like, I just love the idea that you've embraced the beginner mindset and you do these little yeah. like Instagram stories and they're fascinating to me. I watch them like I'm watching HGTV, dude. Like <laughs> I'm in yeah. every time, but you've kind of created a character called subpar contractor Cal and it's hilarious to me, but at the same time, like I really truly respect it because you're kind of embracing the beginner mindset. I think honestly, the way to combat the imposter syndrome is accepting where you're at in this game, mm -hmm. you know, like whatever you're, yeah. whatever you're trying to achieve, just like accepting it. And just like you said, admitting it and being honest with others and honest with yourself, like personally, like, I think that's the best approach and going into it with like, Hey, 
I can learn this, but like I am beginner. And then doing it tongue in cheek yep. like you do with subpar contracting, <laughs> like is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably came like as an accident. I don't know where I came from, but yeah, I, I know other people said it too, and they kind of one sense why I continue to share it because people reach out to me and they're like, I love this, or I really appreciate that you're like doing this and showing this and showing your struggles. And I'm like, absolutely, man, just to empower other people, you know, because I'm, yeah, uh, it's just who I am and embracing the beginner mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you and people often like, I'll have people, oh. I have people who, you know, there's like, man, I couldn't do what you do. Or like, say you jump on camera. There's like, that's terrifying. Or people see, it. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, and I, you know, I don't know. This is probably just the way I'm wired. I'm very wired. Like I don't care, <laughs> um, and I don't like other people may think of stuff like I'm an idiot, this and that. But like I honestly, I don't care these things. The shelf life is a second. You know, it passes by. Um, I have no attachment to it. Like kind of the outcome, I just do it because it's fun. And maybe sometimes it's my own little therapy to like share and laugh at myself. You know. Um, so yeah. yeah. And people also then like. I may put things out there and people then send me information like, Hey, have you thought about this or doing it that way? And I'm like, or here's what you need. And I'm like, thank you very much. Like other people who actually know what they're doing, then watch me who don't know what I'm doing and will like send me stuff, which is great, you know? Dude. But so. the other route of that would be that you present yourself as this freaking expert who, and you're, you're showing all your finished products. You're showing yeah. like, the perfectly cut tile that you did, you know, like you're just showing that and people are like, wow, Cal's like an expert at this. And then you feel the imposter syndrome then because you're in your, you know, in your heart of hearts, you're like, I'm not an expert at this. So I think people get stuck on like how they're presenting themselves and social media is tough yeah. because, you know, we all want to show the finished product and, and things like that, you know, but, but especially for what you're doing, like, yeah, if you're presenting yourself as an expert, dude, like people aren't going to reach out to you and, and help you out. You know, you got to show. Yep. And also people aren't going to be inspired by you. People will just be like, oh, cool. He knows what he's doing. I'll never be able to do that. Where sometimes <laughs> I watch it and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I guess I could learn how to do this. Maybe. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, someone there was a thread or an idea that, uh, oh, it, it, acknowledging this comes like one of the biggest lessons maybe an ego but it takes a certain type of personality to honestly just say and to be honest and say i don't know and whenever i do that in my life when people do that to others and say you get hired to do a job or something and someone asks you like what's your plan or what should you do here and if you were to say make something up and then you can't follow through yeah they're going to be let down but if you say and be honest and say i don't know but we can figure it out. And yeah. like, I know I have confidence in that at least that I'm willing to do research, talk to people, try it, maybe break it, fix it, but we'll figure it out. That's a little different than trying to be like, I'm the expert and I know exactly what I'm doing. So yeah. Yeah, man. But Dude, that's just my you know where, when that backfires? When? When, when you teach seventh grade science. <laughs> so I tried to like oh, show my students, like a big part of me is like, I want to show them, that I'm a lifelong learner too. Like you don't just stop learning when you're an adult, you know? So I try to show them that, you know? So we were watching a video yeah. once and I go, uh, wow. Like I, I didn't realize whatever. I can't remember what we were watching, but I was like, wow, I never realized so-and-so and so. And this one kid just looked at me dead in the eye and, and he goes, that's why you're a seventh grade science teacher. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> and I was like, how did that feel? I was like, that was that was a tough. That was a burn, man. That was a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> but it it did make me laugh. I mean, I've been able to laugh about it. I even in the moment I was laughing about it. I was like, really, dude? I was like, I was just trying to I was I was backpedaling. I'm like, I was just trying to show you that you can be a lifelong learner like Mr. Ward cuz you always learn. <laughs> yeah. Life and you're doesn't like, Hey, you know what, punk? Yeah. The world needs 7th grade t- uh, science teachers. <laughs> yeah, man. Otherwise, you'd be sitting oh, in yeah. here twiddling your thumbs. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I'll never forget that. That was one of my my grand moments of teaching for sure. That is a great. Part. That's incredible, <laughs> um, dude. To kind of like uh, change direction a bit, I want to ask you about. Uh, let's talk about something we have we're we're not involved with at all. But I want to ask you about James the Iron Cowboy Lawrence oh, and what That's he's hero. doing right now because he's like our mutual hero. Yes definitely a guy that you know you always tap in in my days and we it's not good to compare ourselves in the world <laughs> but it's like days and i don't feel like doing something recently or i'm tired yeah then i step back in and look again and say oh yeah this guy is now attempting the most insane thing which he's already did once but now he's doubling the insanity factor the idea to double do a, try to attempt 100 iron mans in 100 continuous days what <laughs> That's oh my bonkers, man. Well, okay. I want to hear. I I can't remember if we ever actually shared this story on the podcast. I know I told, like, I got to interview him way back when was like when I was first starting the podcast, and I told him this story, and he thought it was hilarious. But can you tell him? Can you just talk a little bit, like, when he did the fifty fifty fifty, which was fifty yeah. Ironmans, fifty states, fifty days? You joined him in Iowa. And it was like, if I remember correctly, it was like ridiculously hot. Uh, our friend Brandon Sweat ran like 17 miles or something, like the farthest he's ever ran. And you were there. Yeah. And then and then take us from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're following this guy's journey in Iron Cowboy. You can join him on any. You could do the whole thing with him. You can just do part portions of it. You can just jump in whenever you want. And so far along, and I was like, when he comes to Iowa, if he's still doing this, I am doing the marathon with him, which was day 43. So he makes it to Iowa, and I was like, if this guy's made it to 43 days of doing Ironman, I can somehow squeeze out a marathon. Like, I know I'm capable because I've done a couple in my past, but I hadn't been, I hadn't trained for him. I was not in marathon shape. Yeah. But I was like, dude, what this guy's going through, I have to be able to, like, channel into my mental power to do it. So... Uh, we're all excited. Three of us went up. We're doing loops and laps with them and feeling great. It's 110 heat index. It's just brutal. And he's doing like laps, like seven mile kind of laps or routes, so to speak. And so I'm feeling great. And all of a sudden we go out on whatever lap it is. And then all of a sudden I start hitting the wall and feeling terrible. And we come back. It's like mile 19. So we come back to the parking lot so you can get some food and things. And I've, I've hit the wall and then some. And I'm like now like, dude – we came and did what we want to do, which is for James. This isn't our thing. We can just go home yeah. and come back to the parking lot. My buddies, two buddies, Brandon and I got there because they weren't running anymore. Um, but they're just like, what do you need, man? I said, guys, I think, uh, I think I'm done. We can just go home. I'm just going to speed through the story, but it was much more dramatic. And they're like, man, just get some water, like sit down for moments, like sit down on a curb. And I have such negative talk. And I'm like, there's, I'm not in marathon shape. There's no way I can yeah. continue on. Right. And all of a sudden, James, who's like 
30 feet away, he starts walking again, like getting ready to set out. There's like maybe a hand, maybe 10 of us left, maybe six to 10 of us are running with him. And it's at night and he's like, Hey man, you ready to go? And I was like, uh, like mumbling. I'm like, James, I care about to tell this guy he's doing he's 42 days of Ironman. Like, sorry, my body hurts. I can't continue on with you doing just this marathon. <laughs> and I'm like, James, like kind of mumbling. And I'm like, how much farther do we got to go? You know, it's like, well, we're at 19. So we got like seven miles. And I'm like, oh, and I start kind of mumbling. And he just like walks close to me, stands within like, you know, five feet. He doesn't even say anything. He just, I'm like sitting on the ground. He's standing up. He's looking right at me. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. You're right. Sorry. I got to get off my ass and go. <laughs> like, I was just like, I'm being such a whiny baby right now. And like got up, got some food. And I just like, it was the next painful seven miles I've ever done in my life. Probably for sure. But eventually, yeah got it done um dude and then i remember the finish line he was ahead of us and he like finished and we like then want to make sure we went and said goodbye like made it there and he's like oh man he's like great you finished man i was like yes i went and still did the whole thing you know so <laughs> it was so something about in that moment like here you are following like a hero and then you meet your hero and then you're about to let him down because like <laughs> you're giving up and i was like and not compare because he's going through so much more but it's just like come on man it's like the idea here is be here and with spirit and go through a little bit of what he's going through just on like a granular level. Cause what he's going through is something way more intense. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was a, uh, people love the story. It was pretty wild. I love I that story. At least proud of myself. that I, I got back up and continue on. Cause otherwise I would to this day feel like a real loser. <laughs> <laughs> That's something important to remember in the moment, you know, like how am I going to feel in, yeah. in five years or six years, you know? absolutely dude i remember you talked about this something he said about like decisions and choices and i just i thought that was really it just boiled it down to like oh yeah that's how he did 50 ironmans in 50 days yeah he when i was running with him like early on in that day i remember asking him and i'm like james i'm sure you get asked this question every day and I said, but how are you doing this? Like, how he's getting like four and a half hours of sleep. He finishes. He like does it like seventeen hours. Falls asleep in a van as it commutes to the next state. Wakes up and does it again. And I'm like, James, how are you doing this? And he goes, I'll paraphrase it, but essentially, like, it's simple. He goes, um, he goes, I made a decision. It's not a choice. I said, as long as my body is willing and able to keep moving, I will continue to do this. Yeah. He goes, so I have eliminated choice he goes in the morning the last thing i ever want to do is to go in the pool and start swimming again and he goes but my guys wake me up they throw me in the pool and it starts all over again because i committed to doing 50 ironmans and 50 continuous days in all 50 states and it was just like a simple powerful thing of like holy shit and i've seen that pop up a lot in my life and it's a little framing thing but you have to ask yourself when you truly embark on something and then when it gets tough or challenging and 99 percent of us quit or abandon it you have to ask yourself you know, are you giving yourself a choice or did you make a decision? And I think that will change your character and your commitment to things. Dude. It has for me. I love that so much, man. And now the guy's out doing 100 and just from the, uh, when we're recording this, like, I don't know when I'm going to put this episode out, but we're recording it as day 19 and there's already been like, the dude's been through hell already. Yep. And yep. I mean, he was going through hell in the 50, 50, 50 too. Uh, yep. I just think this time there's more like Instagram is more of a tool that they can use. And before it was like, they'd post yep. a picture every day, 
and you kind of get yeah. a somewhat of an idea. They type a little blog and stuff, but now it's like, you know, doing all the videos and, and everything along with it. And you're like, wow, man, like he's really going through it. And before I'm sure he went through it too. You just didn't see it, you know? Yep. Yeah. You get a, his pain and suffering every day probably just like when people turn into subpar contracting and they see me continue <laughs> to break things and not fix them <laughs> like of course and now this goes wrong they see this you stepping wrong. into a paint can with your shoes yes <laughs> <laughs> um un- unreal so someday i'll be able to look back and laugh at these things hopefully and be like okay i've got to kind of figure it out from where i started you know? i mean um, but it, it's fun because my friend he started getting real estate properties guys first one and it was wild. Like all of a sudden I went and checked in on him because I'm excited for him, right? He's about to embark on a journey and I remember getting my first place and what I've had to learn. And there he was like, no idea, didn't know how to paint. And I'm like there giving him some guidance and seeing him like his enthusiasm and then like seeing him make the exact same mistakes I've made <laughs> and like then trying to give some coaching or guidance to at least avoid mistakes that he's about to make, you know, but then also letting them just make them so that he learns from them. <laughs> There's always like some kind of Zen thing in there where like a Buddhist thing where, and you got to learn it's, I'm a firm believer in this, especially in my career now that experience is the best teacher. Like I've had people tell me certain things and then I go ahead, I do it anyways. And I'm like, yep. Now I know why you would want to check on your properties in subarctic temperatures every day, because maybe a pipe will break. And if you're not there for a week, it'll flood your entire basement. It'll be a swimming pool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you get to pass your knowledge on now. Like you've gone from Luke Skywalker to Obi-Wan Kenobi now. Yeah. And it was really fun. Like all of a sudden I remember, so I had someone who was kind of like mentoring me last year, this older lady called Deb, who's a landlord for many, many years and has tons of experience. And I'd be like, Deb, what do I do now? Like kind of seeking her guidance. And she'd be like, you need to do this or that. Or meet me at Home Depot. We'll get these things. Um, and so I had the same thing with my friend Ben. It was great. But he uh, he like painted his entire place, like hand painted this like 1,500 square foot house, like a lot of painting. And I told him because he was going to be a rental. I said, dude, dolphin fin gray is the way to go, man. And I show up at his house and I'm like, this is like not dolphin fin gray. Like, And that's subjective. You can choose whatever you want. He goes, oh, dude, I got what you told me to get. He goes, this looks pretty good, but it's pretty dark. I said, this isn't dolphin fin gray. He goes, yeah, it is. He later on looks at the can or something. He goes, oh, it says dolphin gray. And I was like, (laughs) apparently there are two different things. I'm telling you, the one I use is lighter than this. (laughs) And so like the next day or two, I couldn't believe it, but he's like, sends me a photo. But, and I said, oh, and he was buying like one gallon paint cans. And I said, dude, buy the five gallons. It's cheaper. And you're going to use it this entire house. And he's like, really? You can do that? (laughs) I said, yes, buy the five gallon bucket. So next, like a couple days later, he sent me a photo. He's like, "Dude, I'm gonna repaint the whole house." I was like, "I can't believe he's gonna do this." Like, I'm pumped for him. Like, what a lesson! He sent me a photo of dolphin fin gray. He goes, "Yep, turns out they're two different colors." <laughs> um, but then he sent me, and I said, "Something about a paint sprayer, how it's faster." And I had to learn these things. And he sends me this like little paint sprayer he got. And I called him. I said, "Dude, I'm telling you right now, I will meet you at Home Depot in ten minutes. Take that thing back. I've bought one. It's not what you want to use." Yeah. And I was like, "I will get you." Meet me in 10 minutes. We're going to get you everything you're going to need for this project. And I just like show up and like grab a uh, shopping cart. And all of a sudden, I am now Deb. It was just wild to be like in those <laughs> shoes who used to be my mentor. Yeah. And I, you know, and I was like, go through the paint. I was like, I'm like, you're going to want this and this because of this and that. And then I went to his house, showed him, and he was just, his brain was just unlocked and blown away. He was like, oh my God, this is incredible. You know, so, dude. It's fun. There is like, be able to give people guidance from my experience. And that's part of why I share stuff. Like, the world 
if people didn't share all their knowledge, the people who do like incredible YouTube tutorials, like construction and home renovation, like I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Thing. And we, that's part of the human experience and how we all learn better and, and make the world better is just sharing what we know and being open and not being like guarded to protect our secrets kind of thing. Dude, I love that, man. That's so cool. And I think like, honestly, the two, like Instagram accounts that I'll definitely look at whenever there's a new one is yours. And right now the iron Cowboys. And I think it's, <laughs> I honestly, I mean, there's like, honestly a parallel there. I know you guys are doing two different things, but the parallel is like the authentic sharing of the ups and downs, you know, along the way. And yep. I just, I really respect that. I think that's super cool, man. Nice. But in this world, again, it reminds me of, and this reminds me of my past thing. Uh, I don't know if this needs to be said, but I'll say it. If I remember going through my yoga teacher training, and all of a sudden, like, coming out and being, like, overwhelmed, like, how to, like, teach a good, say, just a good yoga class, and really what all goes into it, um, the behind the scenes and in the moment that when you go to a class, you're not aware of. Yeah. And I remember being, like, oh, like, that can't be that hard of a job or thing. And all of a sudden, you study it, and you go to get trained, and it's, like, overwhelming. You're, like, holy shit, this person is doing so much stuff that you're unaware of. Yeah. <laughs> and that lesson like made me realize like that's everyone in role in life. Like whether it's a seventh grade science teacher or a contractor, like usually the person, whatever we're doing, there's usually a lot involved in them doing a lot. Like construction trades, people sometimes they look, I don't want to say look down, but you're just like, Oh, that's no big deal. Like they just do construction. They just put that together. It's dumb people go into construction. Right. I'll just say that it might be a thing people say, but uh, all of a sudden you get into it and you're like, man, this takes a lot of, quality skilled work decision making and there's a lot that goes the ton that goes into it yeah you know so um, i think and that's in every career <laughs> yeah i believe that's my theory for sure dude that's so wild but i was gonna say man you gotta go get your relaxation on you know go to a restaurant or not a restaurant go grab a cup of coffee put your feet up on the wall you know outside in netherland yeah in the snow yep. is it like a billion feet of snow up there right now after that storm we just had uh what look we we got in kind of later and we haven't been out much in the snow yet but now some guys on snowboard they're probably loving it up so we'll see what it looks like when we actually go into town here shortly oh yeah man well dude go enjoy it man relax hang out but i really appreciate you coming on and just being awesome you always inspire me seriously i know like I've told you that a billion times, but it's still true. <laughs> you know, I've known you for a long, long time now, and I've always been inspired by you. So keep going. Likewise, man. Well, I appreciate these conversations. They're always fun. All righty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for all the support over all the years of doing the podcast. Uh, huge thanks to Calvin. Obviously, he's one of my best friends. Uh, love the guy. Um, I just, I love, he's one of my favorite people on earth to just sit down and have a conversation with. Um, he's really inspiring to me. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hope you got a lot of takeaways. Like, let's all be beginners, you know? I just signed up for my second mountain bike race ever. Uh, I still don't know what I'm doing. Honestly, if my bike breaks down in the middle of the race, like I'm so screwed. I don't even, I would have no idea how to fix it, um, which will probably happen now that I say that. Um, but I'm in, I'm enjoying this idea of like, I'm going to be a beginner. I'm going to feel uncomfortable. It's kind of exhilarating. Um, 
I know I keep hinting at like this bigger project that I'm working on. Uh, I've done it in a, I've talked about it a few episodes, but I haven't come out and told you guys what the project is. Uh, I promise in the next, sometime in the next month, we'll sit, I'll share what my project is. Um, I'm really excited for it. It's taken a lot of work. I'm trying to make sure just ducks are in a row, um, you know, and trying to, you know, and I'm not the only one involved. So I'm just kind of like, okay, I want to just make sure it's okay to share this with, with you guys listening. Um, but it's going to be really fun. It's definitely the beginner's mindset. I've embraced it as best I can. It's hard though. It's like every day you're like, I just am like, wow, I'm so outside my element in this thing. I hope I know what I'm doing. I hope I'm doing the right thing. Am I doing the right thing? Oh my God, I'm not doing the right, you know, like I'm like, oh, is this what I should be doing now? Like, you know, I feel way outside my element, which is awesome. It's exhilarating. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's can be anxiety producing, you know, um, but it's awesome. So I'll share it with you guys, uh, sometime in the next few weeks for sure. Um, speaking of like anxiety, I know we've talked about it a bit on the podcast. I had my wife on, we had a fun little conversation, um, you know, about strategies and things like that. The other day I was doing my journaling and I just made a giant list of all the things I've been anxious about over the last year. I don't know. I think it helped. I think it helped just getting out of my brain and writing it down. Some of the things were ridiculous and most of them actually never came to fruition. You know, like you write down all the things you worry about and then look back at them a year later and you're like, oh, none of those things actually happened, which is which is pretty cool. And it really just kind of like puts that into perspective for you, you know, where you're like, oh, I was I was really, really worried for a few weeks about this one thing and then it actually didn't pan out. Um, Just kind of something to remember this week. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I live in Arvada, Colorado. Uh, This week's been really freaking hard. Um, The tragedy that happened in Boulder on Monday um, hit really, really, really close to home. And I kind of realized, I'm like, man, it's just, it's just shitty that this thing had to hit this close to home to really put it into perspective for me. And I don't know if people can relate to that, but it was just absolutely brutal. Um, my, I just can't explain really just how much my heart goes out to everybody in Boulder who was affected by that. And you know what? I'm going to be honest as a part of this community. Like that's my community basically. And it just makes me think like, how can we do better? Like we need to do better. How can we do it? What can I do better? How can I contribute in a more positive way? Like I always said, this podcast is about spreading goodness. And really at the end of the day, like my whole goal in life is to spread goodness. You know, if I get to the end of my life, I'm like, Oh, like I made I spread some happiness and I made people feel good and I helped people achieve and, And that, like, I think I'll be satisfied. Like, that's all I really want. Um, so yeah, I don't, I haven't really fully formed thoughts on, on that, but, but just know, um, 
I don't know. Go out, spread goodness. I saw, uh, I mean, as many times I'm going to reference the semi-rad on this. (laughs) Um, I just read Brendan Leonard's book, which is I Hate Running and You Can Too. And in the book, he had a little graph and I took a picture of it because I thought it was so genius. And it was just a bracket. And obviously we're doing March Madness right now and stuff, but the bracket was just... Uh, it was two things versus each other's obviously like a bracket and it said me versus the lesser version of me. And that's kind of what we're trying to do every day, right? Like just be better, um, be more positive, be more loving, be more caring, uh, be more optimistic. Um, because people kind of feed off that energy and the people you're interacting with, like you don't really truly know like how you're affecting their lives. And I know for me, like I would like to think I'm affecting people's lives in a positive way. Always. It doesn't matter if it's just some random person I meet on the street or, or one of my students or obviously my kids. Like I just want to make sure at the end of the day, I'm pushing them in a positive direction. Um, so, so yeah, I, like I said, I haven't fully formed my thoughts on the tragedy, but I will tell you from being out here right now, it's, it's been really heavy and it's kind of been what, uh, what everyone's kind of thinking about right now. So, uh, but yeah, um, Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. Um, thank you for all the support. I truly do appreciate it. I don't know if I say that enough, um, but I love the messages and when people suggest other cool people to talk to, like that's all super cool and it, and you know, all the kind words have, have been awesome. So, uh, all right guys, we'll get back at you next week.